You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about alice cooper school's out in the room i have rob sup ben hi and adam school's out alice cooper's school's out is the fifth studio album by the american rock band alice cooper released 1972 on warner brothers and the producer was bob ezrin and the genre is hard rock from all music review grave prato School's Out catapulted Alice Cooper into the hard rock stratosphere, largely due to its timeless all-time classic title track. But while the song became Alice's highest charting single ever, reaching number seven on the U.S. charts, and recalled the brash three-and-a-half-minute garage rock of yore, the majority of the album signaled a more complex compositional direction for the band. Unlike Cooper's previous releases, which contained several instantly identifiable hard rock classic, Schools Out appeared to be a concept album, and aside from the aforementioned title track anthem, few of the other tracks have ever popped up in concert. That's not to say they weren't still strong and memorable. While some of the cuts came off like mini epics with a slightly progressive edge, Alice Cooper still managed to maintain their raw, unrefined punk edges. All right, what do we think of School's Out? Are you by telling Alice me Cooper. that be my is it Feed My Frankenstein or Be My Frankenstein? <laughs> feed mine. Feed, feed My Frankenstein. Feed My Frankenstein. Yeah. Did not chart no. enough or a- apparently not. That one not where the world didn't love it as much as Wayne and Garth. <laughs> yeah. What, what about the uh, Lips Are Venomous Poison? Did that That was happen? his second biggest hit. Was it? Mm-hmm. Where did 18 come in then? Third 18. biggest? Huh. All right. Sorry, uh, off topic. Okay, so, continue. Yeah, this what did, record. What did you think? This record is kooky ooky. Yeah, it's uh, real it kooky. Spooky kooky ooky. I texted. I had to text Ben about one of the songs because <laughs> there's a song called like Gutter Cat, Gutter versus, Cat the versus the Jets. Yep. That I was like, if you were like, we have like a sort of like a joke butt rock group. And it sounds like if we were commissioned to write the the sequel to West Side Story, <laughs> and like, but it's it's so bizarre. And I'm not saying I don't like it because I actually I enjoyed listening to this record. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was yeah, it was self aware and had a sense of humor. Um, but it was so big and so grandiose. And it, it's basically musical theater. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's very very goofy. Yeah. It was a lot goofier than I was prepared for. Yeah. I I've seen Alice Cooper and live on a stage, all those theatrics are like it's the perfect amount of theatrics to make like a crazy awesome spectacle of a show. 
But then, like, I, for me, you know, like, listening to it with headphones, it was, like, I wasn't expecting so much theater and goof troop in my hard rock. Yeah, I was really surprised that there was very limited, like, hard rock. In like, this hard rock album. Yeah, on, on a hard rock album. Literally, I think, two, three, three songs, maybe, out of... I, uh, I guess I Public Animal number nine is is definitely a rocker. Yeah, um, we're listening to Looney Tune right now. It yeah, rocks. I guess you could say Looney Tune and My Stars uh, a bit, but it was just the it's the songs that stand out are are very like like Alma Mater, which I liked, mm-hmm. uh, is is very like theatrical. And Blue Turk, uh, Blue Turk is out there. Blue Turk is a Frank Zappa song. Yeah, and I listened to that. I was like, oh, he's like this is interesting. He's going for like a Frank Zappa, like, yeah. top mask replica kind of and that's, you know, vibe. And that's where know. he came from. I mean, they went to California and... Well, didn't Zappa sign Zappa them? Zappa signed them, yeah. Oh, so okay. it's they're very inter- checks out. interconnected within that before they moved to uh, D- Detroit after that. Yeah. And so you, you see these, like, mishmash of styles of... I got a little bit of, like, a Doors vibe on, like, one song hmm. and a little bit of, like, a psychedelic... It's, uh, it's vibe varied, on another for sure, and so I was I was just not prepared for that because I guess I've never heard this album other than a couple of songs on here. I'd never just front to back listen to it, and it it was strange. Gutter Cat is like the third That's song. Definitely the weirdest song. Or You're just like, what's going on? Okay, what West am Side I Story, to? and then the next song is just Street Fight. It's just a bunch of like trash cans being thrown around while <laughs> the bass player is like. Boom, 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 yeah, boom, go, <laughs> going on a tangent. It's it is, and then Blue Turk is very long and has a lot of different parts and changes yeah. a lot too. So it's like it's that middle of the record. They they hit you with these two rockers, and then they hit you with basically like three two. Well, it's 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 a lot. It's like fifteen minutes of really weird stuff, and then they get back into the kind of like more straightforward stuff and kind of win you back if you weren't feeling that. But it, it's bizarre. I mean. The Gutter Cat vs. the Jets, I'm going to definitely go back and listen more because it's just so weird. It did not strike me as cool. <laughs> no. I can't believe that back in the day, concerned parents were like, this guy's spooky. Like, no, this guy's singing you show tunes. Man. <laughs> like, this guy is literally singing you part of West Side Story. He was wearing makeup. And he, he was decapitating himself on stage at this point. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when I saw him, he... First, well, this was in 2000, to put it in perspective. First Britney Spears uh, quotes okay. comes out on stage, and he cuts off Britney Spears's head and puts it on a spike. I think Britney Spears was played by his daughter. And then <laughs> his band turns on him, and they cut off his head, but then they put it on top of the body of a robot, and the robot with Alice Cooper's head finished the set. And it was it was fantastic. Yeah. It was really great. Yeah. Good thing they had a robot who knew Alice Cooper songs <laughs> sitting around. Yeah, it was just back there in a coffin. Yeah. The whole time. Wow. Yeah, this robot coffin. That's a great band name. Yeah, yeah it is, yeah. man. I I was listening to Schools Out for Summer, which I think is just a banging rock tune. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like undeniable. Oh, yeah. So like on the merit of that song alone, which is one eighth of the songs on this album, <laughs> that's, that's going to give you a pretty strong percentage to start. But I was thinking about that song, and I was thinking about being like a teenager and hearing it for the first time. And you hear that chorus, like, school's out for summer. 
Cool. School's up forever. Yeah! (laughs) School's been blown to pieces. Like, that, I love that he went the extra mile there. (laughs) Like, he had me at school's out. (laughs) And it's like, school's out forever was good enough, too. But it's just like, that's when you know that you're entering the world of Alice Cooper. That's why I think it's such a great opening this album is, like, he's not going gentle. Yeah. This is a guy who has been described, like, has made a career of theatricality and and really, like, audacious, odd choices. So I think he's kind of letting you in, even though it's like a, a just a classic rock tune, basically. It still has his edge on it. Yeah. And he always found a way to, um, to write a single that was his brand that worked you know it wasn't it never felt like it was just totally out of left field I mean, even though the there's these like very different songs in Blue Turk and Gutter Cats, it's it still feels somehow on on brand, like on what he's pr- providing. It's not yeah. as disjointed as it seems like it should be. Yeah. Have but, you guys heard the record that came before this, Killer? I don't think so. No. It's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, with the back snake to front. Yeah, it's got a red like, cover. It's, and it's a like back snake. to front, just straight up banger. That's why I was a which little... Which is weird that this one would be the one they put in. Yeah. This one's got schools out on it. Exactly. Which is I as think that high song is as just such a... Selling. Also, I had read that a lot of people credit this with him, them, like, stretching into uh, different areas. Like, it's not just pure rock and roll. And I feel like this book kind of relies heavily on... Not just doing your ordinary thing and is this trying to Doris provide. Track you're talking about here. What's that? Is this the Doors track you're talking about? Uh, yeah, this is Blue Turk. Yeah, I, I, I don't I hear it. But then it gets into. Oh the, yeah, yeah. But then it gets into the Zappa. Yeah, and he has. It's interesting. He's a very good singer, and he has several different ways of singing, which yep. which is surprising. He doesn't just sing in you know one style. He actually mixes it up. Yeah. throughout the album. Yeah, like I really liked uh, in Alma Mater at the end of the song, he does this sort of like very like thoughtful kind of uh, talk singing where he's just sort of like repeating oh, the, the chorus. Uh, don't, don't forget, don't me. forget about old oh. Coop. <laughs> it's seriously like, but oh, it does, where are you guys going? But you like, yeah, it's it's funny. It actually comes off as funny and charming. Yeah, and um, it's got this. Uh, yeah, it's a tone shift. Yeah. You hear you you feel like you're actually listening to Alice Cooper for a second as opposed to, you know, like this crazy yelling dark singer, you know. Yeah. You know that Alice Cooper owns a, a a sports bar in Phoenix. Uh Cooperstown, I believe. I've eaten there. I've eaten there too. Maybe we ate the, there together. <laughs> the waitresses wear uh, eyeliner. Yeah, they wear baseball uniforms with Alice Cooper eyeliner. Nice. Yeah. Um it's next to a venue I once played, 
and the venue, uh, the AC broke, it was 110 degrees inside the venue. And so we, we was like nothing else around there except for the ballparks. We went to the ballpark and ate at Cooperstown. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did enjoy uh, doing the background, all the research on Alice Cooper because there's so much good stuff. Does he mention uh, on Millie Walkay? <laughs> oh, Algonquin for Algonquin. the good land. Yeah. <laughs> His his stage show involves live snakes, straight jacks, corpses, other horror uh, movie style props. Although he did say he stays away from religion. That is one thing he never got into. And I didn't really think about it until it was mentioned. But yeah, he doesn't do any sort of like Satan, any sort of like religious like anti-christian uh-huh. well it's like if you think about well, like and he is, or something he is considered or like born again christian oh really yeah um he's so per- he, he's personally a conservative dude yeah like this is all Pretty, a character he does yeah he considers a, a different uh character so i thought that was interesting and he but he always gets uh publicly executed at the end of his shows either by electrocution uh, gallows, guillotine. I just like that you can count on it. Yeah, you can you go count to an, on it. You go to an Alice Cooper show, you know you're going to see him die. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to just run through like the other yeah, like, yeah, hilarious yeah, yeah. stuff? Yeah, fun. Uh, 24, he set a 24-mile cross-country running record in his high school. <laughs> uh, he ran for governor of Arizona in 1988. Uh, he is a guest star on the Halloween episode of The Muppet Show. Does it say what ticket he ran on? Uh, it doesn't. I think he's Republican. Probably. Yeah. Hmm. That meant something back, different back in 88. I'm yeah, sure. I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, he claims, uh, or on The Muppet Show, uh, Miss Piggy is flirting with him. Obviously, nice. he's in Wayne's World. I don't even have to bring that up. He had a pet snake. Do you know the name of the snake? I it's think I used amazing. to. Uh, it's I, I don't know. Julius Squeezer. Oh, <laughs> the constructor? Yeah. Uh. Uh, and apparently it died after being bitten by a rat. That sounds crazy, though. Uh, he put up 28000 for the restoration of the second O in the Hollywood sign in 1978. That's cool. He dedicated it to Groucho, the memory of Groucho Marx. And I have read uh, Groucho Marx's autobiography, or just biography, I guess. Uh, and Alice Cooper used to go over... Groucho Marx used to go over to Alice Cooper's house real late at night because he was he couldn't sleep. He was sort of in, had like in the insomnia. 70s? This is the eighties. In the eighties, yeah. Because yeah, Groucho. How late lit, did Groucho live? I want to say it was. I want to say it was like eighty-five. Or, he was still. He was huh. still kicking around. Yeah. But he used to go over there and like because. Alice Cooper would stay up late. I mean, it's kind of a night out and everything. And so Groucho could count on Alice to be at home and be up and everything. And he was very cordial to him and he, he loved Groucho. And so they'd watch old movies. And I, get, I just like have I this picture. I want to hang out with Alice Cooper and Groucho. <laughs> I just have this picture of like Groucho because it said he would like fall asleep there like on his couch or whatever. I just picture like Alice Cooper like tucking in like Groucho <laughs> Marx on the couch <laughs> after watching old movies. That's so cute. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, also in the 70s, he, he appeared in an anti-drug uh, public service announcement. All, also in 86, he went on tour with Megadeth. Uh, and after observing their rampant drug and alcohol consumption, he he helped them tone it down and reduce their <laughs> intake. And apparently, he 
he probably helped others who rocked a bit too hard, quotes, over the years and won the Street- Stevie Ray Vaughan Award in 2008 for self- his selfless efforts. Wow. I wow. do not know what the Stevie Ray Vaughan Award is. Oh, but- that's an award when you cut your <laughs> fingers and then you put cocaine on your strings and then that's how you get high. Uh, because that's what Stevie Ray Vaughan used to do. Uh, <laughs> that's a classic way to get high. Also, putting the cocaine into your coffee. Yeah. Nice. Um, Fuck creamer. <laughs> Has he tried smelling it? <laughs> I've heard that's a popular way to do it. No, at that point, his nostril had become just kind of like one, like... Stevie, s- Stevie Ray... L- uh, little, Stevie Ray Nick's vampire nostril. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little flabby... Uh, stood out to this because I was going to say, I mean, if we're kind of getting to that point, I was going to say, I really liked listening to this album. I don't know if I'm like really on board with everything and I don't know if I'm fully invested in this. However, I did hear so many references that Turbo Negro definitely took from Alice Cooper. I, I can hear it. I mean, it's they worship Alice Cooper and I listened to a lot of Turbo Negro, and this is it's essentially well, this, comes from. You're, this. you're currently wearing a Hank Hell shirt, correct? Uh, I'm wearing a Turbo Negro shirt, but yes, oh, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, from not only the the makeup, the makeup, but all those little things like my stars, like this song we're currently yeah. listening to, it's straight out of the, that book. The only difference is they don't have three guitars, two guitars playing while another guitar is soloing <laughs> constantly. And talking about yeah no they 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 ripped off like the oh yeah like from the beginning of apocalypse dudes oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I think I think this is one of those ones where sometimes we talk about you know the influence that somebody had on um, on other groups and how that is sort of a when we talk about there should it be in the book that kind of thing. I think he definitely had a, a take on rock and roll and his. I think the thing that he did that was the most remarkable was his brand. Like, talk about a guy yeah. who mm-hmm. he, he knew exactly yeah. what he was selling. And, like, to the point where I think his brand is so strong that we're listening to these, like, weird songs on here. And we're like, well, whatever. <laughs> like, it's still definitely him. Yeah. You know, and I just think it, he he set out with a very clear image of what his character would be and what he was going to sing about. And... Like, it, it comes across. Like, you can tell when something's Alice Cooper. Yeah. And so I think for that reason alone, you know, it is a good record. I think it's it's kind of goofy, but, like, I think that it did influence a lot of people because it's so imitatable. Hmm. I think it's, like, I mean, there's songs on here, um, uh, My Stars, for example, that kind of sound a little like Iron Maiden's first album. The, the original vocalist... There's a few moments on that track where I'm like, this, like the aggression of the guitar work and like the vocals almost sounds a little bit of like that. 
like early, early kind of uh, Maiden when they're more of like almost like a rock band. Fan of the Opera is my favorite song off of that first That's record. Really good, but it's a very good yeah. song. Yeah, but you know, it's just I th- just think it's interesting. Like I, f- I think there's an influence that uh, stretches out there, and yeah, because because he had such a clear image. Yeah. All right, how do we feel about it though? Ultimately, personal opinion, man. I wouldn't recommend to anybody. I'm pretty yeah. neutral on it. Okay. The the record that came before it though, I, I I'd absolutely give a, yeah. a positive view. I, I would I would say anyone that is interested in you know more Alice Cooper of this era get the, listen to Killer and like kind of get your hair blown back a little bit more. Um, I mean that this is in no way shape or form a bad record. Just not my preferred Alice Cooper record. I'm right about in line with Rob there. Uh, I'm pretty pretty neutral on this. Uh, uh, much like that that Paul Simon one, this is an album that I have owned and sold. Uh, have not yet rebought this one. Is this your second listen or your third? <laughs> uh, this is like my third. <laughs> oh, okay, so it, <laughs> yeah, so you might uh, be rebuying. Yeah, it just it just it. I like what he's doing, and I, I like Adam said, his brain is so strong, but. I don't see myself just sitting down and putting on the album Schools Out by Alice Cooper and listening to it very often. Uh-uh. That being said, Alice Cooper still tours. And if Alice Cooper ever comes within 100 miles of you, go see Alice Cooper. It's such a cool show. Yeah. Absolutely go see Alice Cooper. And also, also like Rob said, this is not a bad record. There's good stuff on it. It's... Just a little show tunesy, a little goofy for me in parts to just be a consistent listen. Yeah. I get that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to, towards the positive side. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it because of the Motor City? <laughs> be honest. I'm a, I'm a Detroiter. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I think it's because I think he just has something like really clear, and it's and it's his. And I think about all the. Influence and and I think that accounts for something. And I I liked listening to this record. I think sometimes it was a little silly, but like uh, I also think that's part of what he's doing. I think about like Guar, and I think would Guar exist without Alice Cooper? You know, I don't know. I just I just I think about how he really ran with this. You know, there were these like goofy like fifties novelty artists that existed, um, and he's. Again, it's kind of like a retro thing where he's taken the novelty artist who's like the spooky guy, like Sam the Sham or something. Screaming Jay. Yeah, or Screaming Jay Hawkins. And he's turned it into this harder rockin' 70s version. And I think I'm grateful that he's in this book. And maybe maybe Killer is a better one. I need to listen to that. But like, um, but I think I'm glad I'm grateful he's in the book because I think that that kind of music. Whether or not he wants to be called novelty, I don't think it's a bad term. I, I think it can it can have some really fun, creative stuff. Yeah, on it. so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll probably just do neutral. I it's just as as a whole album. I think I'm trying to grab it from that entire. I mean, some of the songs are awesome. Obviously, the title track and the one we're listening to now. Uh, What's this called? Uh, Public, Public Animal. Animal. Public Number Enemy nine. is really cool. And I like My Stars and a bit of Looney Tune, but there's just, some of those are just, it gets in this sort of like cheesy er- territory that I'm just not, I, I would instantly skip over. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, listen to you if I didn't have to, I guess. So that's where I'm at. The good news is 
we have Billion Dollar Babies coming oh, up. Hey, from right, Alice yeah. Cooper. So we'll get another shot to uh, check that out when it comes cool. up. All right. That'll do it. Next time, we're going to be talking about The Temptations, All Directions. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, y'all.